Welcome to the Overdrive Outdoors podcast, season three. And we couldn't come over this knoll to get any closer to them because their eyesight is so good. There's 11 of them. There's two lookouts in the cliffs above. We were just kind of pegged down behind this rock and we couldn't move. Where we discuss hunting and fishing. And I've had coyotes doing serenades on the run after two or three howls. They start howling, two or three of them. And you're trying to find them and they sound like, oh, you could tell they were running. Cooking and cleaning wild game. You know, when you go to the grocery store, you don't see the cow, you don't see the pig, you don't see, you know, you don't see the animal. Whereas in the woods, you know, you, I see Josh bring home the deer and skin the deer and pro- we process it together, you know, so you see it broken down. Whereas you don't know that when you go to a grocery store. So I, it is a lot of mental. Hits, misses, and everything in between. So he came into about 80 yards and then we dumped. Go ahead and say it. 26 rounds Ooh. before we finally killed it. 26 rounds. Thank you for listening. This podcast brought to you by Predator Hunter Outdoors. Predator Hunter Outdoors has everything you need for predator hunting, including calls, lights, tripods and mounts, night vision and thermal. Locally owned and operated in Attica, Michigan, Predator Hunter Outdoors has your needs covered to keep you hunting after the sun goes down. Carrying products for every budget and every experience level from beginner to professional. Use code LIGHT for 20% off lights, code TRIPOD for 10% off tripods and mounts, and PTO Thermal for 10% off Predator Thermal Optics scopes and monoculars. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Predator Hunter Outdoors or their website www.predatorhunteroutdoors.com. Want to lengthen your time in the field and shorten your scouting time? Not only does the HuntWise app show you property boundaries, landowners' names, and in some cases even their phone number, but using the app will show you the wind direction on the map of the place you want to hunt. And the HuntCast feature shows peak movement times for various species, including predators. Get the HuntWise app at www.huntwise.com, the Google Play Store, or the Apple App Store. For only $59.99 a year for Pro or $119.99 a year for Elite. Use promo code OVERDRIVE20 for 20% off an annual membership. Welcome back everybody to the Overdrive Outdoors podcast. It is me, Josh Mapes tonight, and you guys are blessed tonight. Nobody even knows how blessed they are. Kevin Rod is with us and he is supposed to be in Vegas enjoying some amazing dinner at some overly priced club somewhere downtown i mean kevin what are you doing man uh, mother nature decided screw you you're not going on your trip um i'm on her side I, I want my buddy <laughs> no we, um i had a flight out originally friday uh out of muskegon they canceled that rescheduled it for today um the flight was supposed to leave at like 5 40 this morning so I was halfway to Muskegon. I get a notification. They canceled the flight again out of Muskegon. So I get on the phone to the airline and I'm like, I I just want to get out there. What can you guys do? You know? And they're like, well, we can hook you up with a flight from Grand Rapids. I said, okay, do it. So they hooked me up with that. I went to Grand Rapids, got there and that one immediately got delayed um, for only like half an hour, which I figured that's no big deal, you know? And then it comes up, oh, it's delayed till 11 o'clock. Well, my flight 
that was supposed to go from Chicago to Vegas was supposed to leave at 11 o'clock. So I went up and I talked to the desk and they're like, you know, I, I said, I explained to them what was going on. They looked up my information. They said, well, let me check. And they're like, yeah, sorry, there's no seats available on any other planes for the rest of the day. Uh, best we could do is have you go to Chicago and put you on standby. And I'm like, that means I'd be in Chicago, like, until who knows when until there's actually an opening yeah. or the next flight was tomorrow like three four o'clock i think it was yep so i contacted atn and they said you know if you can't get a flight out by noon today we're just gonna call it. you might as well just stay home because if you can't get out here till tomorrow it's almost no point in coming for only a day and a half right right so they couldn't get me anything and i wasn't about to go get stuck in chicago overnight you know so i just we called it and I came back home. Were you looking forward to it? Yeah, I, I enjoy going to SHOT Show a lot. I mean, you get to meet so many people. You get to see all the new products. You can actually put your hands on the new products. And, you know, work in the booth with the guys from ATN. I mean, it's, a, it's a fun group of guys to hang around with. Talk to all the people that come and want to know about the stuff. And I mean, it's just a good time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we are also joined tonight by two people we've, this is the first time we've ever really talked. I mean, besides like Facebook Messenger, like, you know, how'd, how'd you guys do last night? Stuff like that. Um, Janelle and Brian, you both care to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, Janelle White Knight from over here. We're Southeast Michigan. Um, and a couple years ago, we figured it's about five years, right? Yeah. Five years ago, we started up. Um, Predator Solutions of Michigan, and just been kind of running with it since. Yeah, Brian, Ozzy, Predator Solutions of Michigan. I live like two miles down the road from Janelle, and yeah, super makes convenient. It really convenient. So now, what got you guys originally into predator hunting? Because I mean, I watch you guys, and it's always the wait for it picture. It's always the wait for it. You got to <laughs> wait for us to post the full story. No, I got a feeling yeah. that's all you. Yeah, it was, it was, this, that started after we had been actually night hunting for a while, like after we met. So as far as predator hunting, I mean, I've been, been predator hunting for probably over 20 years, but oh, it was really? during the day, you know, and here and there and, and where we're at here in Southeast Michigan, it is a completely different animal than anywhere I've ever been predator hunting. Um, I've, I've hunted in Kansas um, I hunted in Alberta. I've hunted up in like north of Traverse City, Kingsley area. Um, and the coyotes here just do not, they do not play the same, the same rules as, yeah. as the other. So during the day, you know, back in the day, hunting with my brother, hunting with my dad, you know, we tried the red lights and never really had much success. And then even during the day, it was, you know, maybe you'd see one, one out of 20, maybe. And and we killed a couple here and there and we had a great time doing it. It was always a blast. And that was kind of just, it was one more thing to get us outside and, and get together with the family in the winter months when there wasn't a whole lot going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then it started like 20, I'd say 15, 16, where I'd go out deer hunting and I was seeing and killing more coyotes than I was deer. That was when we really started, like my husband and I really started looking into thermal. Okay. Brian, what about you? What what really got you into it? I've been hunting uh, coyotes on and off for about 20 years, red, red lights, daytime. I really did any good. Um, I hunted over bait just basically with my friends. More of a 
uh, a hangout than really hunting, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, I was seeing all the thermal videos. So I, I have ducks and uh, I hear the coyotes all the time right by my house. And um, <clears throat> I, I knew sooner or later they were going to get my ducks. And, you know, I started seeing all these thermal pictures on Facebook and everywhere else. And, and uh, I told myself I was going to buy one. So I yeah. saved up and took me longer than I thought. I finally bought one. And I went out hunt by myself. And uh, uh, Janelle and I have um, mutual friends. And they're like, oh, you should hunt with Brian. And telling me I should hunt with Janelle. I shouldn't be hunting alone. Yeah, same thing. And we were both kind of like, eh, it's kind of fun. Like, it was all new. Like, it was <laughs> right. like, yeah. we were going out. Yeah. And it was like, like, I got like the first, I just remember the first night I killed the one, I was like, oh my God, like first time out, first time, like, it was just like, this is, this is, this is easy, like I can do this all day long. And then I killed the first double I ever killed. And I was like, okay, like you talk about setting a hook on something that is like the coolest thing. Like I always tell people, people always ask, what's your favorite kind of hunting? And I always say coyote hunting. The only kind of hunting I like better than coyote hunting is turkey hunting. But the only reason I like coyote hunting better is because you can kill coyotes every day. You can only kill one. <laughs> the right? turkeys, like, those turkeys that I, I don't. That's not even a conversation topic that enters my mind ever. <laughs> <laughs> so it just like we got hooked, and then like I said, we were kind of like both got told by you know mutual friends that we should meet up and hunt together. You know, it'd be safer and yada yada. You know, my husband had some concerns. You know, I'm out there in the middle of the night on ice and right. whatever, and. uh and we did. I think Brian messaged me one day, and yeah, and... I, I got a call from uh, so so right away. I don't have a whole lot of property to hunt, so I was contacting people, trying to get in everywhere I could. And, yep. Uh, my brother's mother-in-law calls and says, "Hey, there's ten coyotes. It's always ten coyotes. It's always ten. So yeah, there's ten coyotes face to face with my dog." Uh, they were on the other side of the fence, you know, in their backyard. And it's a huntable property right next door. So I was like, man, I don't know if I want to go over there by myself. There's 10. Might need two two people. So <laughs> When you can only carry five rounds in the gun. Right. <laughs> I, I come over to Janelle's house. I, I talked to her. And yeah, we met. We he sent me a message. And, and he was like, hey, I got this spot. And I'm like, okay, if we go there first, I'll, I'll line us up a spot. You know, I'm pretty blessed with... Um, the family has quite a bit of, of acreage and then just a lot of family friends, especially through the 4-H program that we're really heavy into oh, yeah. that people have farms, people have, you know, hay fields. And so I had, I mean, even when we just, before we got started, I had quite, quite a bit of access to quite a bit of, of private. I mean, that's really all we have down here. I mean, you might have, you know, Elgin State Park or um, some of the smaller parks, but in a lot of them don't even allow firearm hunting. So um as far as that, we were pretty, pretty blessed right out the gate. So anyway, he calls me and I'm like, okay. So he calls, it was like, whatever. I'm like, well, let's get together next week, Thursday. It was like when it lined up. Yep. So, so yeah. So I, no, no, it was, it was, I think it was the next night. We, the next day? We went out on a week later. Maybe. <laughs> I think it was actually a weeknight too. It was, it was a Thursday, I feel like. And uh, so I, I come over, Janelle wanted to drive. She doesn't know me, you know. Uh, getting in trouble with some strange guy, you know, <laughs> no. carrying my side piece. I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, guy I just met on the internet. I mean, like I said, we had mutual friends that vouched for us, right. but it was... yeah, so on the way 
there. I'm talking to Janelle. I'm like, hey, you know, if uh, more than two, more than one come, you know, let's try the one, two, three shoot thing. And she's like, oh, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that. I'm going to shoot on two. And I'm like, all right. All right I am fine. not good at that. Know that. You're going to do that. I'll, I'm fine with that. We'll, we'll just expect that. So we, we get there. I, I start calling for like a minute. It was so fast. Here comes three guys <laughs> around the corner. Charging right in. I get about, I don't know, within 100 yards. And I go, are you ready? And she goes, one, two, three. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I wish my dad was here because my dad just ran with me all the time because he grew up. I mean, like I grew up with him. And that's, he's like, you do not, Janelle, you do not get a shot off before Janelle shoots. Because I am always just, I just, I've, I've grown the last five years. I've gotten a lot better, especially hey. shooting with the kids. But Man, I was I was trigger happy, yeah. especially I mean three of them hard charging. It was, it was that's why I'm thankful that we have a five round mag because I would go through so much ammunition money if I wasn't oh, yeah. stopped by a mag limit. Like, <laughs> I'm glad because that saves me a ton of money in the end. Right. We really try to not shoot at running coyotes right. yeah. we hunt around a lot of property that you know there's houses next door they're, yep. they're all small lots yeah and uh you know sometimes we you know you shoot that first time and expect it to fall over and it don't and you're like surprised uh, that it didn't die. You, you're like what what is <laughs> that's 90 percent of my shots <laughs> so on that so, first first hunt when you had the triple come in how many did you guys get one. <laughs> we wounded Brian, yeah. Brian hit the another one and we tracked it. He did wound it, but we never found it. No. But that's not the best part of the story. That's no. not the best part of the story. He's leaving something out. Yeah, no, it's it's coming. It's coming. So we so we did that set and we were like, oh my God, this is awesome. The property owners, they came out, they took our picture, like they were so happy we got rid of this coyote, whatever. So we get back in the truck and we're already on like cloud nine, right? Like this is cool. We're we're this night hunting stuff is like, we're like, it's like a superpower. Thermal right. is like a superpower. So we get back in the truck and we're coming around the corner here. And I live on like a curve and we're coming around the curve and there had been a dead deer right across the street. Yep. Coyote comes off the deer, runs right in front of us and goes right onto our five acres. <laughs> and I look at Brian and I'm like, we're not done. We're not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we, get, we get in the driveway, we walk across and it's the neighbor. We have permission, you know, we have permission for everything, obviously in between. And we set up like, literally we're like 40 yards out there, out their window. Yeah. And we call this coyote back in and Brian again. Well, it, and it was, it never came out of the thick stuff. Brian shot at it. Shot at it a couple times. Oh, right back there. then I was using hollow points, which I learned not to. Yeah. Use. And a 223, <laughs> but, yeah. um, so it ends up going into this stuff that's like so thick. You have to like a rabbit has to crawl through. Brian refers to him as rabbit holes. I like to take oh, him. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. like a foot and a half taller than me. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, we can fit through here. And he's like, oh, like I heard an elephant. <laughs> so we end up getting onto this thing and we track it. And it's, I mean, the whole length of like my side yard. And it is a, everything's a sheet of ice. Everything is ice. And then when you come down around the back of our property here, we're tracking blood. And it drops off to where the creek flows through. And it is, I mean, it's steep. You can't, coming up it, you're, even when it's dry, you're almost using hands and feet. Yep. So we get around this corner and Brian's like 40 yards behind me because he just. Not that far. But I <laughs> can't keep up pushing through the brush. And we get there and the coyote's laying on the ice at the bottom of the hill. Oh, yeah. 
And I'm like, okay, he's he's right here. Did I shoot him again? Yeah, she oh, she yeah. like just as I'm walking up, she shoots him, hands me her gun, and slides on her ass down. <laughs> <laughs> I go, you know, I just met her. And I'm like, freaking crazy. <laughs> She's showing you she can hang with me. But it get, it gets better. It gets that, better. That I don't have a flashlight. I mean, so I'm like keeping her in this corner. I, I can go to the right, the coyotes to the left. Yeah. Keep, and she's like, coyote's like still moving its head and she's grabbing its leg, putting it on it. I'm going, Coyote's still alive. Whoa, this chick is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> then she just starts dragging up the hill and I had to reach down her and help her by the time she got up the top of the hill, it was dead. But the whole walk back to the chalk, I'm just, my mind's <laughs> so that was that was like our uh, the first the first night first night we ever hunted together so that was like i mean i feel like it just kind of sealed the deal like yeah, i feel not like hunt together again after. i don't know if it's <laughs> right. like a total thud and we hadn't heard or seen anything if things would have been the same but but that's that's kind of how it started and then it was just like basically a whirlwind that first year yeah, we, we hunted a lot we were stupid like we were stupid. <laughs> i think we all were to begin with you know yeah like i don't know how i still had a job like I was dragging ass. And... <laughs> yeah, that happens. I mean, that's like a, any Monday, Tuesday after a tournament weekend most of the time. Oh, it's yeah. Dragging yeah, butt yeah. across everything. So now, Janelle, did you come from like a farming family that like, I don't know, did your did your dad used to trap or anything like that? So my dad, growing up, my dad, so they, they had me, I'm the oldest, then they had my sister and they weren't planning on having any more kids. And then we like to say I was I was a surprise. My sister was planned and my brother was <laughs> but so I after in my brother's like a solid five years younger than me. So after I think they had me and then had my sister and then thought they were done. Um, I just kind of got I, you know, I always really liked it. And my dad just kind of never was like, oh no, hunting's not for girls, and started, you know, grew up doing doing the squirrels. Um was like like I call it the gateway drug of hunting. I mean, you can't yeah. And then um, good friends of ours had a ton of beagles. So we always ran dogs, did a little bit of deer hunting. My cousins who only lived two doors down um, did a bit. So I'd go and I'd sit with my uncle and, and sit with my cousins. Um, my dad and my uncle, man, it was crazy. You talk about years back, they used to have to drive up to like Gaylor, Pigeon River to hunt turkeys. Now they're they're like rats. They're yeah. here everywhere. We have to go anywhere. Um but as far as the predator hunting, the trapping, no, that was never, never really a thing. I mean, never okay. once in a while you set a trap for muskrats in the pond or something, but never, never for like any hides or, or anything like that. So, so what is the original trigger that made you even say, I'm going to go try this? For coyotes? For ki predators in general. Yeah. Coyotes, fox, whatever it be. Yeah. I mean, well, we, you know, we really like turkey hunting. The, the turkeys they got, there was... I think 11 of them transplanted in like 2000, I want to say like 2001 up in like Marysville area. That's okay. where everything we have now. And, and, you know, we were, when my husband and I first got married, we were seeing anywhere from 10 to 12 pheasants in the backyard. I mean, the backyard used to be like half of a pheasants forever food plot. And then it was just, we were hearing and seeing the coyotes more yep. and the turkeys and the pheasants and everything else less. And then, like I said, the real, the real trigger was that year that I, you know, like 16, 17, that, that I went out and saw, saw more deer and killed coyotes sitting in deer stands. Like I'd never seen in my life. And yep. that was kind of like, I'm like, we got to do something. Yep, like, I understand that for sure. Now, what about you, Brian? Was any of this run in your family growing up or anything? Um, my dad was, uh, 
a deer hunter and pheasant hunter. That was about it. My older brother got into trapping, uh, probably at the age of 13 or so. And he's like two years older than me. So I probably got into trapping muskrats and raccoons, probably around 11, 12 years old. Okay. Into that, probably until I turned 16. Uh, we would get a lot of rats, uh, a lot of muskrats. And uh, that, that was all my spending money back then. Okay. Kind of lived, uh, area where there wasn't a lot of people where, you know, can just go down the road and get a job, you know, and do whatever I could for make money and did that. And then, uh, you know, I, pheasants not really around here anymore. So wasn't doing that. Um, did a lot of waterfall hunting for, uh, like 20 years. Okay. And then so, got into the predator hunting. So yeah, hunting's been in your background forever though. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like me, you know, I, I, I grew up watching my dad walk out the door to go hunting and I'm the one always going one day I'll be out there hunting and now try to stop me. <laughs> I, you know, my, my mom and dad have commented on that. My mom talked about that when I uh, sat with her in a deer blind this year, she's like, as, as impatient of a kid as you were, and I know you still are with some things you can sit in this box and look at nothing. And I'm like, mom, until the second my heart quits beating, I, I will sit here content and happy. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all the same. You know, I, I never grew up. Nobody ever even, I don't even remember anybody talking about coyotes growing up. Kevin, it, when you were growing up, was that a talk? No, no. I, I mean, the first time I even started, the first time I even heard coyotes was probably mid to early 90s okay is when i even first heard a coyote in michigan um and never didn't see him i just heard him uh when we were out i was going out deer hunting one night and heard him uh they're running the wood line between the swamp i was deer hunting and then the field where we have our deer camp yep and it freaked me out i I mean, it, it was weird. It was eerie, you know, and now that sounds music to my ears. Oh yeah. I still get, I, I still get people messaging me during deer season. They're like, dude, I just heard like five of them in the woods. Am I good to go? Like, I think so. <laughs> you, you should be able to go, but I know give me a location. It's like they, the 99.9% .9 of the time they smell you when they're in the next County. People are oh, like, yeah. Oh, they're, they're going to get me on my way out. And I'm like, no, probably not. And yeah. then you you have a bow or you have a gun right, <laughs> right. the correct uh, answer should be yes they're very dangerous you should call me i'll come take care of them. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> that's what i do yeah just send me a pin i'll come out and try to take care of it. no problem not a problem at all we played on that when we made the predator solution facebook page yep that was all about gaining properties mm -hmm. and uh and you know made them look big and ugly and scary and yeah picking them with pets in their mouths i think we got <laughs> 800 permissions the first year yeah yeah we but we I, it, on that note we i mean we would spend i would spend days you know I'm, i was a stay-at-home mom once the kids were, were in school full days um i do work i, I clean houses on the side but okay. um there were full days i would literally get in the car at nine o'clock in the morning and not come home until two in the afternoon i would literally drive and knock on doors yeah all day all day that was all i, I love yeah. meeting landowners like that What's most, that? Of, most of the landowners I enjoy meeting like that. There are some that aren't so friendly, but most of the time yeah. it's a yeah. good interaction. 
How many times have you heard kill them all? Yeah. Uh, them all. Most of the times. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the long and short of it. Yeah. And we kind of both grew up in it and just, just kind of blossomed and, and the coyote hunting is, I feel like it's in the winter, especially now, like we haven't had any ice here for three years now for ice yeah. fishing. Yep. To get your butt off the couch. You know, when it gets dark at five o'clock, get me off the couch. I, it drives me nuts. I can only watch TV or check my phone or whatever so much. Like I, I love can't. the night too. So for me, you know, thermal or predator hunting at night, it's just totally different world and I love it. Yeah. So. Yeah. You see stuff that people wouldn't even imagine is out there. Like when you can yeah. look out and see 50 different mice running around, like yeah. you don't even yeah. know how many rodents are out here. Nobody believes that they don't see it, but there's a ton of them. Yeah. The owls, man. I mean, in like shooting stars, you know, yeah. you, you see shooting stars I and mean, we're out, you know, at night, like deer camp, you're up North and you're watching, you're sitting by a fire and you see one or two here. I, I swear to God, I probably saw more shooting stars that first year. Oh, yeah. in My whole life. Like, yep. It's cool. You see cool stuff out there. You're out there. It's quiet for the most part. If it's not, it's usually because it's a gunshot or a coyote howling. I, I love yeah. every minute of that. So, so when you started getting into predator hunting, we'll start with Janelle again, you know, kind of walk us through your learning curve. Did you have any moments where you were like, God, that was, that was stupid. I got to learn from that next time. And you know, how did you, so you're saying, so you're saying after five years, I shouldn't still be doing that. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. You, you, yeah, probably post, you probably post more coyote kills than I do, especially recently at all. So I, I just, I, I, everybody goes through a learning curve. So let's go through oh, a little bit of yours. Yes, absolutely. N number one was, was patience. You know, a lot of guys you talk to, you watch any of the, the guys from out West, especially, Oh, if they're not here in 20 minutes, if they're not here in a half hour, <laughs> no, 45 minimum. <laughs> That's me is 30. No, I, we, we kill, we kill, especially that first year, we probably killed most of, I would say the majority of our coyotes between that, like 40 minute and hour mark. Oh, really? We've had sets go two hours. And we killed doubles at the end of those. You are way more patient than I am. We go this guy, for this guy, minutes. if it was not for him, patience and optimism is his end of this whole team deal. Because I, I am constantly questioning, okay, what, like the minutes we're not like having like bang up success. I'm like, okay, what are we doing wrong? What do we need yeah. to change? What and he's just like, no, we're fine. They're just not here. Or, you know, whatever the thing is. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I would say 100% don't shoot at them when they're running because the likelihood is just, it's, it's so slim. They're a tiny target. You know, I've seen, you know, the, the pictures and videos of you skinning that one and you actually measure how big the actual body is when you get rid of all that fluff. They're tiny. It's and not a big target. No, no. Um, so definitely get them, get them broadside if you can stop them. Um, and, and I think I really do. I feel like patience is probably if you don't have patience, you you got no business doing yeah. it. Cause yeah. Michigan is not Kansas. It's not New Mexico. It's not Texas. And I'm not saying they have any big advantage, but it's when different. I hunted, when I hunted with Tony Tebby, he's like, Hey, seven minutes. If we don't kill one, we're moving on. And it's like seven uh, minutes. Yeah. I haven't even finished my first howling sequence yet. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a whole different game, no matter where you go, I think. Absolutely. And we're, you know, we do hunt some, some bigger farms and some bigger farm fields, but I would say probably 50% of the coyotes that we call and kill are on 
two, three, maybe five acres where we're literally standing on their brick pavers. We're, yep. we're literally standing next to the back of their barn. And, you know, they got, you know, it's, and it's these, these, it's little, it's small, it's tight. And if you're not patient, especially in those spots, I feel like if you don't give those coyotes time to come in, cause they're maneuvering, not just through a fence row or a ditch or whatever, they're coming through people's yards. They're, you know, crossing roads. Yeah. Coming the, down the road. Does that surprise you? The, the success you have on spots like that? I mean, does that surprise you to know that there's this many of them running around in that type of area? I think at the beginning it did. At the beginning it was shocking. Now we tell the homeowners where we like, yeah, well, we, we like the one a couple of weeks ago, the lady came out and I'm like, we were standing right here and the coyotes right there. Yep. And she's like, no way they come that close to my house. And I'm like, at night, yeah, they, they think they own the night. They, and they absolutely do unless one of us is around. Right. Right. I just had one. My my yard is only a hundred. Was it hundred by eighty? My lot. I'm at the end of a dead end road though. Yep. I just seen yesterday coyote tracks. Jumped the fence. Went around my duck coop, and then went around the house. Jumped the fence in the front yard and went down the road. <laughs> yeah. See, and that's. I think my lot is just a little bit bigger than that. I've never seen a coyote track around here, but. It must be the way they smell or something. They smell me. They're yeah. not coming around here. Uh, I, <laughs> you know, I have uh, I have some stuff out there they like. And, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, some of the other, we do pest control jobs, too. You know, bring some of that home, you know. Right. Yeah, every every mouse and chipmunk and whatever gets gets put in a, a strategic spot to <clears throat> to see. He's got a. Yeah, I've shot a few of them off my deck and <clears throat> air guns and other things. But... With an air gun. Yeah. yeah. What caliber air gun? Thirty caliber. And how'd it do? Uh, about twenty yards. Hey, that's not bad for an air gun. And they're pretty uh, quiet, or they're not. Uh the thirty caliber is not very quiet. Okay. I mean, probably maybe equal to a 22 oh All right. well that's that's still not terrible no a lot quieter than a 243 yeah yeah you're not joking with that so Put a suppressor yeah. on it it's nice speaking of equipment um so you guys both said he's been doing predator hunting for about 20 years tell us about your equipment before and after the center fire at night law passed what were you using before that and then what you switch to after that yeah. So actually before thermal, we tried with, with shotguns and, and buckshot. It was pretty much what we always took out. Um, and, and usually we had, I think my husband had a 22 mag. So we'd have like, you know, two guys and we never actually killed a coyote at night before thermal. Um, it was, we killed a couple right at first light and a couple right at last light, but none when it was actually dark. Yep. Um, but that's what it was. It was, it was, you know, 22 mag and and shotguns with with buckshot um and then shooting during the day um we had you know mini 30 mini 14s which were were junk that's the I was one gonna say, could you hit anything with those no no that mini 14 <laughs> got got sold i made i made money on that deal it was it was right after one of the the bad deals that happened and all that stuff went stupid and i was like yeah, i'm unloading this thing now they came to the bright side of the barn anyway <laughs> but uh and right when I sold that, we were actually going out west um, for a wedding, a good friend's wedding, and we decided we were going to shoot prairie dogs. So I upgraded to a uh, a twenty two two fifty. 
So then from then on, um, anything I did during the day was with the 22250. What about than- you, Brian? Um, I, I started with a Fox Pro uh, red light. Um, I never, well, I, I killed one with the light after I had a thermal, believe it or not, but I'd seen them before that with the red light and never got a shot at them. Like yep. they take over the hill, look at me and they turn around and leave or, or I just get a glimpse of them, but it never did any good with the red light really. But the, the one I killed, I, so I took this girl out, um, a coyote hunt with me. I gave her the red light so she has something to pan around with. And she actually seen coyote before I did. And I had the thermal. <laughs> this coyote is pretty sneaky. It was like crawling through the corn on his belly for, for a little ways before uh I before I had even seen it. She had seen it, kept telling me it was there and I I couldn't see it. And then yep. finally it got into somewhere I could see and I, I got it. But yeah. Yeah, I actually called a coyote in like that on public land. I don't know. It was just in my Facebook memories, but it was like 10 years ago, probably a brand new clear cut. It was surrounded by, you know, pine trees, thickets, stuff like that. And I called this coyote in and I watched it come all the way in, get behind these trees. And then it never came out. And I'm like, that thing was coming in hot. Like it was not going to stop. And all of a sudden, you know, it was snow covered everything. So I could see a long ways, but there was snow on all the branches. And all of a sudden, one of the branches on one of those pine trees just shook and the snow fell off of it. So I looked through my scope and that sucker was like, like he came through the backside of the tree underneath the pine and he came out the front of it and he was just laying in there looking at me, like looking out, watching. I, that's a smart animal that'll do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. was before we got to thermals and center fire at night and stuff. This was a daytime coyote that just crossed however many hundred y- yards of wide open mm-hmm. just to climb under a tree before he decides he's going to run out in front of me. That's a smart critter. Yeah, I mean, um, even the one, the, I know the one in particular stands out, you know, you shoot him, yeah, you shoot him with a shotgun, you shoot him with whatever you're sitting out back, you know, a crossbow, whatever. Um, but the one that I actually called in and shot just up the road here, um, same thing. I'm calling, I'm calling, I'm calling. I thought I had seen something, nothing, you know, it'd been an hour, whatever. I, it was actually up in a tree stand, got down and I'm walking out to get the caller. And thankfully I had my gun with me and I look over and it's just sitting on the edge. It was yeah. probably for a half hour, but it waited for me to get out. And I'm like, Oh boy, it's sitting there. And the, the hill kind of has a little, it kind of drops down and I, that 22250 I got is big. It's long. I dang near can't shoot it offhand. Got down on the ground and set it on my knee and, and smoked it right in the chest. It sat there long enough for me to to do that, but it wasn't it wasn't coming out into the middle of that hayfield in the daylight. Right. Like, no. Yep. Now is that 22250 still your gun of choice? Um, during the day, I would say yes, it probably would be. Okay. Um, at night, no. I have a uh, the DPMS uh, G2. Uh, is it the light hunter the one I have? The uh, one. It's like the shortest, lightest. So it was a couple of years ago. It's, like, it's an AR uh, 10 243. Yeah. Okay, yep. Yep. That's, that's top. We, we both have the same gun. I have the 20 inch barrel. She has 16. Yeah. You also shoot a 243. Yeah. Okay. What's your guys' load of choice for that? The the Hornady 58 grain VMAX. Okay. I reload for the twenty two two fifty. I was shooting reloads out of that. Okay. Now we both started with uh, ARs, you know, two two three, 
and some some homeowner, homeowner called them long necks. Yeah, so, <laughs> we so call them long necks. We, you know, we have a lot of nicknames for a lot of things, but we call them <laughs> we call them guns and long necks. And you know, they they worked, uh, but we also had to track a few coyotes. And, we had a couple runners that uh, you know, you know, put a hole in them this big and see long and heart hanging out and heartworms wiggling around, but they still ran 150 yards. Yep. And uh, I'm colorblind, so I was like, I. I want them, I want them to follow it right where they stood. So I bought a 243. Janelle seen what that does. And yeah, I actually switched up to a Grendel for a hot minute, which I like. I, I really like the Grendel. It put them down. Um I, I the ballistics just weren't there. I mean, we got some of these big fields we're hunting where we can, I mean, I think our furthest shots now are 330 something, 340 yeah. something. So that Grendel, man, unless you know your dope, like you gotta you gotta know what you're doing. Yeah. Cause that thing shoots just a rainbow. Kevin loves that Grendel. I don't I don't not love it. <laughs> it's just not as flat and fast as a 243. It makes me think too much, I guess. Yeah. I tried I, to I, talk I, him into a 243. He's too good for that or something. <laughs> I very quickly, especially after Brian just had, you know, success and was, was shooting. I mean, basically it was to the point where if a coyote came in, if it was like a hundred to 150 or closer, that was the one I was taking with the Grendel and anything, Brian got all the fire shots. Yeah. He was just more confident and, and more had a higher success rate. Yeah. yeah. So that well, it's pretty, that. pretty good story. The way Janelle acquired her gun is uh, she pulled, you know, we have a, a pile. These all go on probably like you guys. Yep. She went out there and pulled all the teeth, bleached them, drilled holes in them, made keychains and stuff out of them, and sold them all for ten bucks a piece. Yep, I remember that. So a lot of it was was from that. Yeah, you know, those are thousand dollar guns. She got most of her money. Yep, doing that using the coyotes that you went out and hunted with it, anyways. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's definitely never been a money making venture. That's what everybody's like. Oh, how much do you get? And I'm like, not. We get. <laughs> like, I mean, how like, much do I pay? This is the team name should be in the red coyote hunting because yeah. you're never in the green. Like it's it's so bad. It's so yeah. bad. No, I mean this can't this and and trapping. I don't I don't know. Kevin, is is there anything you can go trap and actually make it worth your your time and gas money? Water animals right now, like beaver, is probably about the best. Uh, muskrats is a close sec. Well, not even a close, but muskrats would be second. Um, other than that man, the fur market is just so down. It's unless you find an alternate source for selling them. Uh, crafting people will buy tanned like tails. Um, there's people out there that will buy like skulls. You might have a taxidermist that maybe would like to buy them, but the fur market itself is just. Yeah, crap. we got last year. I actually, uh, had, a I took the red Fox that I just got back in and, uh, the taxidermist was like, Hey, you come across a nice one. He actually made one up for another customer that wanted one. And then the same guy's asking for another one for one of the, I think the Rochester nature center wants a coyote mount. So, um, you know, I'll get, he'll, but the thing like that, it's, you know, he takes 50 bucks off my bill or something. It's not, I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm, Oh yeah. $300 to bring you a dead coyote. Right. Like it's not if, people if don't want it. from what I've seen with a fur, if you want to make money off it, the only way to do it is sell it as a tan fur at a, like a retail location. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh we we stopped at rapid river knife works going up to bear camp this year and they had furs hanging on the wall that they were selling there and i think a coyote was selling for 150 bucks for a tanned coyote hide that's uh, what it costs you have one tanned yeah yeah with the feet on to not do it ourselves. we've been uh, only paying about 25 bucks to have them tanned 
Do you have somewhere local you take them? You send them into Moyle Mink and Tannery. You send them in Mink Moyle. So if you send them, the biggest thing that hits you is shipping, though. So I think the last time we sent some in, it was like 26 bucks a piece to have them tanned. And then, but the shipping ran us like 40, 50 bucks. So I think altogether it cost us 65 bucks out of pocket for each one. So uh, that's, you're putting them up then. You're skinning them and salting them yourself. We, we skin them, flesh them, stretch them, dry them. Yep. Yeah. So you're, so you're only paying 65 bucks, but you're another couple hours in time into the project. So right. that's kind of, I think the difference, we're just taking them, you know, raw yeah. green. Right. right yeah, when I first started with this, I mean, I had guys that were like, "Yeah, if you want to drop them on my doorstep, I'll mail you a check for ten bucks." Like, okay, I shoot two of them that paid for all the ammo I was shooting at that time. Now it won't even cover half a box anymore. But you know, it, it used. To, we've just gone through so many changes, even in my short amount of time in this. Absolutely. And I um, can't. Go ahead. How long have you been on coyotes? Um, since two thousand six. I was 16 or something like that. I think this is my 19th year of doing it. Um, and, and honestly, I, yeah, no I know. I feel like, man, God, I'm old. <laughs> I, I was a 16 year old, I think 16 or 17. And I honestly, I was sitting in a tree stand one day on the pre, a piece of property I had for deer. And I watched two coyotes chase maybe a red Fox out of the cornfield and go across the road into the next cornfield. Now that I know it could have been like, you know, three coyotes and one of them was just a young one or something. But I, I immediately started thinking about, you know, what, what is there a season on those or anything? And I got into looking and I've told this story a bunch of times. I bought a Randy Anderson calling all coyotes DVD and said, oh, that looks easy enough and regretted <laughs> it ever since. You know, like yeah, it wasn't yeah. easy. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. what I saw. And, and, I, but I loved it. Once I started getting to the point of, you know, it took me four years of calling. And at that time we had a nine month season. We were closed from April through July. So in those nine month seasons, four years in a row, the fourth year, I finally saw my first coyote ever when I was calling. I still don't know what kept me into it besides the fact that I, I was still out there hunting. You know, I had, I sucked at it. I still suck at it. I got no reason to continue doing it, but I love to do it so much. Yep. Yep. Same as you get through and you get into those spots where you have, you know, you're going a couple nights and you go, you're at seven, eight, nine sets with just crickets. And it's like, why are we doing this? And then man, that, that 10th one or that next one hits yeah. and you call in a double, you're like, Oh yeah, that's why. That's why. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Life bread. You know, and that's what, I think that's what the right people get into it for is, yeah, absolutely. is that whole, you know, when I hear coyotes light up a, a, a wood lot in the middle of the night and I know they're talking back to me. Oh, come on. I, I love that. I love every minute of that. Trying to talk to them, trying to learn how, how they talk. That was, that's a process that I've spent years trying to learn and I'm still trying to figure it out, but I've, right. I love the whole the whole thing around it kind of where we're at like with the turkeys now you know this year I, I didn't shoot a turkey this past spring but I was sitting and calling for both the kids when they were and it's like yeah yeah you know when you get that turkey to that point where you're pulling the trigger it's it, you're done you're done the yep. fun is done the calling them in is that's the tough spot that's the, the where you gotta you gotta do it you gotta do it just right and then get them lined up and then especially with the kids you know get them 
get them to where this this bird has got to come where they got to come for your kid to not have to move the gun off the tripod that they can't even hold up. And it's it's kind of the same. Brian does, I would say, 99.9% of the button pushing on, on the coyotes. But um, it is. It's calling them in. It's, tri- it's tricking a very smart, very wily, very cagey animal to come in close enough that you can shoot them. Mm-hmm. And, the- and they're only getting smarter, say- honestly, I feel like. so. Yeah. yeah. To, to your question, uh, Josh, that, that's one of the things we we learned, actually. Uh, we used to take turns. Uh, when I would shoot, shoot first, she would call. When I when she would shoot first, I would call. And sometimes I would be calling and it was my shot. Or sometimes she'd be calling and it, and it was her shot. And it was just like, well, I sucked the last couple, so you try. And <laughs> But but we realized that one person can't do it all. Right. Like we divided things up. And I, so I do a lot of the calling. So, you know, my hand, I'm looking at the call a lot. And she's scanning more, you know, uh, more ready than I am because I'm looking at the call. So it only makes sense to, um, to have your own job. Yeah. Um, Pirates come in and we're, you know, we try and get them both. But. Uh, usually she has first shot and, um, and I'm, I'm pushing the buttons and, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to argue with these coyotes. So like, there's been, <laughs> God, what, how long was that one set? Like two hours or something? The last one where we called in the triple? No, they're in Fairhaven. Oh yeah. It was two hours. Yeah. It was two hours. And actually I went out to get the call. We, we finally gave up. These coyotes are Going back and forth. Oh, it was terrible. You're there for 80 <laughs> minutes longer than I would have already. It was like people. <laughs> it was like, well, we had seen them. We had seen flag. We knew they were they were coming. Yeah. We were at this this real long, narrow field. And we heard them at the back. And then we heard them at the side. And then we heard them back. And they were just, they were so close the whole time. <laughs> like, if there had been a frag mighty wall, we would have killed them 20 minutes in. Right. Yeah. Finally, I, I actually went out to get the call. And I don't know if they heard me walking out there. And that's what. When I'm walking out the call, I'm still scanning. And uh, I'm walking out to get the call. I got like halfway there and I seen two coyotes coming right at me. So I just moved off to the left and laid down in the field. I look back, make sure she ain't shooting over top of me. And no, she was, he was far, far off to the one side. Cause I'm like, oh my God, I've got my scanner. I'm like on the gun. I got the scanner. And I'm like, okay, he's like, <laughs> Not all the way out there, and he's way. I'm like, okay, I, I ended up shooting the one, but I'll tell you what, that too, having going that first like two or two and a half years with just having the guns where you are scanning on your gun the entire time, exhausting. Having oh, yeah. that scanner now is game changing, yeah. game changing, for sure. And I would yeah. say, even, you know, even people starting out with with night vision, do the thermal scanner, get a thermal scanner. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I think yeah. a thermal scanner is one of the number one tools you can have for coyote hunting, even if Absolutely. you're still wanting to shoot with a red light. Yeah. I, I because you can still do it. It's all about how you work the light. So yeah. I I, def, I I just it's amazing to see, and we've talked about this with Predator Hunter Outdoors recently and some other people, the differences and how when it took off, it took off in a heartbeat. I mean, coyote hunting was red lights with a Duracell battery attached to your chest on a fanny pack 
and a, a 17 HMR or going out there in a full moon only when there's snow on the ground so you can see him coming with a shotgun. Like, And now center fire at night happens and look at the market now explosion right and it's and i think as, as awesome as it is and as, as many people that i i love seeing get out and do it and enjoy it it ain't making life easier for, for <laughs> oh no not for kyle affordability, the affordability of thermal is is it's making every it's just tough it's tough yep. for everybody because everybody yep. wants that sliver of, of land and and you know even if they don't get your spot they're getting the spot right next door and mm-hmm. Nobody's doing anybody favor any favors when when that stuff 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 starts happening. Yeah. So we have a lot of competition on this side, though. Yeah, yeah, I think it's all over the place. And like you said, it's good to see people get into it. it it's just man, the, the respect needs to be there for people too. You know, uh, there, yeah, there you we're, go. We're very respectful. We call the owner. We never go to a property without them knowing. I agree. We yeah. don't leave any garbage. Whatever we kill, we take with us. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's how you do people. Uh, if, if you can look back and say that you did everybody right and you weren't the top coyote hunter in the state, uh, you're better to me than you're right. You're better to me than the guy who trespassed all the time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's just my personal opinion. You can take that down for record if you want to while you listen. But yeah, yeah, same thing with you know, you go to a spot and you knock on a door and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, you, know, you could go ahead here and but but you know the the next door neighbor he's got this guy that comes out and hunts his property. Yep. Thank you, sir, for the permission, but I'm, I'm good. You can, right. that guy, uh, yeah, I, you're just, you're just shooting each other in the foot, like, yep. or shooting yourself in the foot, so. This is a huge topic of discussion all over the place right now. It, I can yeah, that, that and, like, uh, whether or not you want to eat your bobcat or not, that was <laughs> wild. Kevin, Kevin wild. broke the internet again just by yeah. eating something. I just don't understand. It's like, they'd be mad if you didn't eat it, but they're mad because right. you're eating Like, you yeah. can't wait. Yeah, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah, I'm like, what is what does it matter? What does it matter? Right. That and post went absolutely gigantic in a very quick hurry. Over was, over was, two million views on it. Yeah, I'm that was idiot. crazy. I would have never expected that. We got over two over a million and a half like the first twenty four hours of people that looked at it, and it was it was comical because you, of course you get the people joking about eating cat of some kind. Then you get the people like I thought only Chinese people ate the cats, and then <laughs> and then the same thing you said. How could you do that? Like, um, you would have hated me for killing it for no reason. Now you're gonna hate me for killing it and for eating it. There's no there. You're never going to appease the masses. Well, and then you have the people that think it's a domestic cat. They don't realize it's a wild animal. It <laughs> you does know, look a awful lot like a domestic cat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Un- uneducated you know on un- right. uh, totally unknowing but still want to be a keyboard warrior right kevin how was the some the bobcat summer sausage it was really good um i took one of the logs of it into work and of course i was up front with people i told them what it was so if you want to try it great if you don't that's great too and pretty much everyone said the same thing that was really good they were surprised by how good it was being that it was a cat um a couple of people did comment that you can taste just a hint of the gaminess in it, but everyone liked it that tried it. Can you taste yeah. gaminess? A little bit. Cat has a very distinct flavor to it in terms of bobcat. And almost every bit of it I've had, you can taste that to one degree or another. Um, some, you know, less than others. 
this summer sausage was pretty mild. And then when we had it, that it was brined and then smoked. Um, that was really mild too. Uh, a couple of the preparations I had in between there is a little bit stronger, but yeah. I notice it. I, I, I'm familiar enough with the flavor that I can pick it out. Right. So have you had mountain lion before then? I have not. I would love to try it, but that's I have not. That's really good as well. That's so what I've heard. You could compare them, you know, the gaminess or, or whatever, you know, but I have heard that's good too. And that's what I've heard from almost everybody that's had it is it's more reminiscent of like pork in terms yeah. of flavor than it is because there's a couple of people on that post that comment, oh, it tastes like chicken. No, it doesn't taste like chicken. <laughs> um, it has a, its own distinct flavor and it's nothing like chicken. I want to try some. I have some. Come up here. You can have some. Just start rolling them down the highway or something. I'll catch up to them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and you couldn't look at that summer sausage put on a plate next to any other summer sausage and you wouldn't have picked it apart. No. I mean, I think you could have done it without telling anybody and nobody even would have found the gaminess. You're probably right. But did you, make- I, you did the right thing. Well, it's even when we brought in coyote that we had prepared. We were up front about it. We said, hey, this is Coyote. You want to try it? And most people are like, yeah, it's not really. I'm like, yeah, it is. Then they tried it, and they're like, wow, that was good. Or some people, the second batch we made had a little bit more uh, that Coyote flavor to it. And a couple of people. <laughs> coyote like, flavor. I was like, well, you can eat it, but I don't know. <laughs> For but people first, that don't, don't know, know the flavor of Coyote, imagine your dog peed all over everything. Yes. <laughs> but the first batch that we had, honestly, you couldn't tell the difference between that and beef jerky. Yep. It was prepared right and done well, and the flavor on it was really good. But the second batch, I don't know if it wasn't marinated as long or something else. It had more of that coyote flavor. But the first batch that we took into work and had people try it, again, people that tried it thought it was really good. Yeah, we have, you know, we shoot a, a ton of woodchucks, which you talk about like never seeing coyotes till like whatever you said, like the, the late 90s. You growing up, we'd see man. If we saw a woodchuck, it was like the coolest thing ever. My, yeah. you know, all dads and uncles were chasing this thing out of the barn with a shotgun. Now, I mean, we went one summer. We killed like ninety-seven of them in mm-hmm. one summer. And my husband is still like, every time we kill one, you're gonna cook that. They're and delicious. And he's like, they're baby. They're, he's like, they're just miniature cows. They just eat. eat <laughs> and I'm like. I don't know. They have ticks on their necks and I don't want to skin it. I don't, I've, Janelle, I've, I promise I've, you you're missing out by not because it, it so is should like, I like throw them on the Traeger or what? No, I would pressure cook it. Pressure cook it. Pressure cook it of some, in some way. Um, I did mine and I think I, I don't remember if we stewed it for like all day long and it fell apart just like any other roast you'd ever do. But it there, as long as you get the glands out that they say they got, I don't know if I ever got those glands out because I was not professional at skinning those things, but the so one I had, you wouldn't have known the difference if you wouldn't have known what it was. Like akin to like rabbit squirrel. No, I wouldn't even say either of those. I, I, they literally eat the same thing as cows do. They eat grass, they eat beans, they eat, they eat corn, you know, however yeah, they get that stuff. So they, is it's it, good. Is it, I remember because you gave me some and I thought it was really good too, but I don't remember. Is it a dark red meat like beef? I couldn't remember that. Because I know muskrat is really dark red. I haven't tried that yet, but I want to. I don't think it was that dark, but no, it was woodchuck is one that if I was still actually targeting, I would now know that I have a good use for it because they are really good. 
And I mean, oh, one. I'm not going to let my husband. Let, you better edit this part out so Brett doesn't hear it. <laughs> Brett, listen like, up. Come on, God says you should make one. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It, it was, you know, we we did a live video last week about this kind of talking about what we've eaten. Kevin, what what have you all eaten from the wild? Uh, okay, um, so coyote, bobcat, venison, of course, bear, squirrel, rabbit, raccoon, um, skunk. I haven't tried skunk <laughs> that I know of. Um, I haven't tried fox yet. Nope. Uh, turkey, uh, partridge. Um, I think that covers the most of the wild animals. Are those ones that you uh, Well, hunted? no, we tried, we tried porcupine and tried woodchuck. Mm -hmm. yep. So that's probably the bulk of them. So I've had whitetail. I've had bear. I've had elk. I had moose a couple weeks ago for the first time. That's I've the best. Moose, yeah, I was amazed. They had jerky made out of that, and that was some, that was good meat. I've never tried that before. We um, were on our, uh, our wolf on the the second wolf hunt we went on. Um, the where the guy the outfitter was, he when they had roadkill moose, they would call and often they would drag them to their bait bait sites. Yep. But the one was literally just up the road from where we were staying, and they took they had a huge tractor went and drug this moose back, and it was literally this thing was still like warm. Yep. Cut the back straps out of it. We threw the back straps on the grill. You talk about the most amazing. <laughs> I mean, just incredible. Right. Yeah. The roadkill. Yeah. I would eat it a hundred times. Like I am, I'm so not too good for roadkill. I picked up oh. a roadkill deer this year, got a salvage permit. It was yep. fresh. The, the police yep. put it down. Yep. You know, my wife is to the point now and she, she points it out all the time. She's like, I can't even drive down the road and look at a dead deer on the side of the road and not think what a waste of meat. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and that's an awesome feeling to get. I think, you know, that I, I've eaten so many different things and fed so many different things to my family that I think my wife is amazed at what she eats now, but <laughs> you know, we live off the, the land as much as we can and the opportunities we're given. And I love being like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's a good, couple i forgot to add is i've had antelope mule deer caribou and elk as well i wasn't even thinking of those animals but how's had... caribou caribou no. was pretty good um we had a couple of the guys that are part of my hunting group went up to canada and got caribou and i thought <laughs> it was good it wasn't the same as like no. venison but <laughs> janelle keeps saying no <laughs> hard no hard no 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 also we went, uh, we went, I oh got, when was it? I think we went 2011. I think we went caribou hunting. I think it was 2011. Um, and they were, they, to me, smell like when you're cooking them, what they smell like when you're gutting them, which is terrible because they eat all that lichen. If yep. you do not gut them within, I'm not even kidding, minutes they are bloating. They have all this stuff coming out their noses and it's punk. They like, no, it's crazy. You shoot them and they just keep walking by you because they have these paths in the snow. So you shoot one, then you get up to, to clean it and, and, and they keep walking by you. I'm not even joking. I have never heard animals fart and burp more than <laughs> caribou. Just literally, they're like 10 feet away walking down this lane as you're gutting their buddy and they're just ripping farts and burping. But That's then as soon as you lay them down, man, if you do not get to it, 
they 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 stunk. They had a very very strong smell, and I felt like when I cooked it on my stove is what I smelled when I was cleaning them, and I just I couldn't I couldn't get over it. That was my experience with coyote. Is it smelled like it tasted? Caribou yeah. farts are destroying the ozone. We got to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, we better kill all the caribou, right? Yes. It was hilarious. I mean, we were we were laughing. It was it was good, but right. I, that was one thing. Right, I've had I've had bear, elk, moose. Um, what do you think the uh, craziest thing you've eaten was from the wild? I will say probably the craziest is raw perch eggs off the fillet knife. Oh, that's not that crazy. I've had fried trout eggs. I've never tried any raw eggs though. Raw perch eggs, yeah, like in the garage while we're cleaning. I'm like, oh, this looks like a good idea. No, <laughs> we, them, we did fry them um, with like breadcrumbs and stuff in in a pan and fried them. They were actually they were actually really really good yep. fried. Um, craziest though, I mean, have I you guys know. tried any of the pigeons you've been shooting? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, squab okay. kebabs are the the oh they're awesome. They're really? good. Oh yeah, on the Traeger, smoked, wrapped in bacon with some um, cream cheese. Yep, absolutely. Well, have you ever had Dove? Yes. Yeah. So is it different than Dove? Um, no, I would say they're pretty, pretty similar. Okay. Pretty similar. Because I know the people... one that I really want to try. Bigger though. Yeah, bigger. The pigeons are bigger. Um, the one I really want to try. My cousin went out west um last year. Sandhill and cranes. And I had my I had my mom and dad over for uh, ribeye of the sky, the sandhill cranes. Yep. I am waiting for that because my mom yeah. and dad said they they put it on the plate in front of them and my dad took like two bites and Scott was like, Oh yeah, that's that's you know Sandhill. And my dad was like, I thought this was a steak. He thought it was a steak. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I'd yep. like to Michigan to open that one up would be great. That would be swell, but we gotta yeah, we got other things we're working on with the DNR and everything, it sounds like right now for predator hunters. So yeah, I, I, Kevin, you got anything else to finish up tonight? Yeah, I'm curious to hear more about what you guys are doing with air guns. I know you mentioned coyote. Um, I know you guys have been doing a lot of like pigeon control for farmers with that. Do you use that 30 caliber for the pigeons as well? I haven't. Um, probably could though. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, the pigeons are really weary and yeah, yeah, take longer shots. Uh, been out on some windy days where when they're up on the silo and maybe the wind's coming off the side of the barn and hitting that silo and it really picking up and you know you have to aim three inches to the left or right um it would help some shooting slugs out of that too not not shooting pellets um but yeah what what caliber are you using primarily then for pigeons 22 shooting pellets is that a pcp gun as well yeah yeah yeah, I, uh, I really got the bug with the PCP air guns. Uh, when COVID hit, um, I was kind of bored. I live alone. I don't even have a pet to yell at or talk to. So <laughs> I started looking at these PCP air guns. And I, I've been I've been shooting raccoons at my house 100 a year for a long time. Like, never ending. All this year, they ended. <laughs> I finally cleared them all out, I guess. But um, so, so I was shooting them with the pumps air guns, and you know, I was shooting them multiple times, running off. I'd finally kill one. I'd see he's got holes in his ear and his eyes missing, and you know where I'd hit him before. 
<clears throat> so I just kept searching for something more powerful. And so I bought a PCP air gun and I liked it so much. And I started taking her to some of the farms shooting rats. And I, I was like, I was like, dude, just buy it, be a man and just buy a 17. Just buy a 17. <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous. This is like so much. It is the coolest thing since sliced bread. I bought I bought the one. He I had originally the seller, my God. With the four <laughs> I was like, how much do you want for that? Everything, the way we used it. And I'd, I'd start over. The best part of the deal is as soon as I have any issues with the PCP or have any questions or it needs to be tuned, it just goes back to his house and then I get it back ready to go again. And I know I've asked you before, but what brand guns are you running? Uh, we have uh, No Liberties um fx air guns um a couple lc 19s lcs 19s which are semi-automatic or fully automatic they're pretty fun um i have a avenger i have like six of them now okay have you ever considered making your own pellets or slugs for that that's cheaper to buy them is it okay like slugs i, I shoot Mostly NSA slugs. Um, uh, I have a 22 high powered, which I'm calling a high powered uh, air gun, uh, and 22 caliber that shoots a 36 grain, about a thousand and ten feet per second. Um, I get like 325 slugs for 18 bucks. Okay. And on the 30 caliber, I think I get 200. Or 250 for 18 bucks. So it's not it's not even worth it. Okay. It's already a deep enough rabbit hole you know, <laughs> with all the other accessories and and and, and to tune an air gun. So the, all these guns they have to be tuned to shoot well. You have to find the right pellet that it likes and then tune it beyond that. Um so you, you end up with a whole closet full of ammunition. Until you find the one that you, because you're always searching for the best accuracy, right? You know, you have pellets that shoot good, you have pellets that shoot great, and pellets that shoot excellent. And what are you going to use? You, you, you're always searching for the best, right? Have you ever used your 30 cal? Well, wait, in Michigan has to be what 357 minimum for deer. For deer, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and you don't have anything bigger than the 30 cal, or do you? No, not yet. But you can, <laughs> right. you can use now apparently I get I get some bad advice from a DNR officer one other time, so I'm not 100 percent on this, but I was told that you could use uh, a 30 caliber air gun for coyote at night, even though it's over the 0.269 rule. That'd be a um, good question for Bob Abbott, because I think he actually looked into that. I don't it, know. I was told that you can use it because it's an air gun, but then I talked to um, about the uh, magazine uh, requirements, uh, you know, how many bullets you can have in a magazine. I was told, well, it, it's a firearm if you're hunting with it, so you can only have five. And then after getting some flack because I said that to somebody else, I called another DNR officer and I was told that both the 22 long rifle and Air guns, you can fill that magazine right up. There's no fiber. So I don't know. I guess I'd like to find out more about that. I think the first coyote I seen taken was a video on YouTube, a guy out west somewhere using a 308 
30 caliber air gun dropped a coyote at like 100 yards and i was like holy cow that's pretty cool and I, it seems like that segment is really growing fast in terms of the air gun stuff and it's something i'd still like to get into it's just i, I have too many other things right now that i'm trying to spend money on before i get to that but something i would like to try yeah, but, oh, they're fun. The dude. air guns are so fun, and it, it's cool too. Like even to take the kids out with a twenty-two, you know, twenty-two is is pretty cheap. The air guns are even cheaper. Right. And you give them, you know, you give them forty rounds. Go, yeah, go plink, whatever. You come back in, you you put more air in it, and gets gets the kids out. I mean, we're over shooting, you know, wherever you throw a, a clot of mud out into the field, and everybody tries to shoot that clot of mud, and you just just making it making it fun, and you know taking them out for the squirrels and stuff and having having the atn optics to have to get the video is just i think it's just really cool to, to have those memories now you know i don't care if if nobody ever watches a single video we ever put up i don't care i'm gonna i can already now look back two three four years ago and see those memories and it's just that's just a big part of it too is is, is that so the, the pcp just they're just they're and they're just, accurate they're i have metal plates six Five inch by six inch metal plates hanging out in the woods at 100 yards, 150 yards, and 200 yards, and I can I can go out and grab my gun and hit each one of them plates on the first shot every time. That's that's how accurate they are. Nice, and they're and they're powerful too. Yep. Like you know, on on that coyote I shot though, the problem is there's no exit wound, so there's no tracking. Uh, no exit wound so that pellet didn't uh pass through no i really? shot i shot that coyote with a 60 grain slug and it it did not pass through i actually found the slug i i uh put the coyote under a log pile because i wanted i wanted that slug mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, i waited for a week for it to rot away i went out there with metal detector and i found the slug had it, it expanded yeah but it hit it hit the spine Okay. It must have deflected and hit the spine. It was, I found it. It was a uh, kind of part of part. One side was rounded, and the other side was like scraped where it, you know, came get, rest against the spine. Sure. I just shot a fox uh, a week ago or so, and with the same gun and uh, no exit wound on that. Hmm. That's surprising. I mean, I've, I know a few guys that have used them for deer. Um, I know Randy Booty uses them a lot for pigeons when he goes out to farms to help with that issue. Um, and I want to say most of the people I know that have shot deer with them, um, they usually pass through, but that's also, you know, it's a bigger bull. It's a 357. Well, uh, do with the, the softness of the lead. Right. Um, which also has a big factor on how accurate they are. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot. It's a big. <laughs> we can we can talk about this for hours. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've shot. I can't even tell you how many raccoons I've shot, and and I kind of was using the raccoons as a test, and uh, I'm still shooting these raccoons that are running off. I'm only going 10, 20 yards and falling over dead, but um, it seems like the ones that fall over right there are the ones that don't have an exit. The ones, you know, all the energy is into the animal. Mm -hmm. Where you have an exit are the ones that run 10, 20 yards. Very but cool. it has to do with the hardness of the lead. Right. How much tin is in it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Janelle and Brian, I, uh, thank you both so much for joining us. It's been great to actually get to sit down and have a conversation with you both. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you can tell everybody where they can go to follow along with you. Yeah, at Predator Solutions of Michigan. Um, we're on Facebook and on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, one more quick question. Though. What do you guys got going on with this uh, the tournament? What's the uh, old school part of it? On the-, <laughs> the, the tournament? All right, so... I'll just give just a little detail right now. My goal with what we're going to put together for next year, I'm hoping is going to be a step in the right direction for all future tournaments in this state or any of them. Um, Based on the model that I have planned, I see no lose in the way that I want to do this. I see it as being a win for everybody. And I've already talked to a whole lot of people that are on board with the idea and I'll get more into detail with you guys on this when I stop recording this. I Just people, if you're listening to this, mark it down for January 3rd, January 4th of 2025. Uh, Overdrive Outdoors is partnering up with Sportspersons Ministries International, Ross Graveling, and we are going to change the outlook on tournament hunting for, for predators. That's my ultimate goal with this, so... Um, you know, if, if you want to follow along with Janelle and Brian over at Predator Solutions of Michigan, um, uh, you know, Janelle, I have a question for you, and maybe it's Brian' question. Always the wait for it with a partial picture of the animal, and then it's followed by a word that I don't know what it is. That's this. That's that was our original team. It means beware coyotes. It means beware coyotes in German. We Say it German. again. Borschkioten. So it's beware coyotes. There you go. (laughs) I never knew what that meant. Original team name when we did the tournament. So white knight is a German name and Hasi is actually German for rabbit. Okay. So we went with German and, you know, we we looked up, looked it up and and it just kind of stuck. And that's kind of was the original before, before predator solutions came up. And I got you. Oh, hashtag wait for it. The way that came up is, uh, so when we get done hunting, we'd come back and have a, a beer in the garage. And uh, I had blood all over my boot or maybe yeah, it was one your of boot. One of, one of our boots was all bloody and looking at And we were like, oh, we should post a picture of your boot. And then it was like, oh, we should make it a teaser. Because if yeah. I, every time, you know, when we when we got going, once we got going, it was like every day. Every day we we're, you know, not every day, whatever, once a week. You know, oh, you, oh here's an, another picture of a dead coyote. Oh, everybody knows what it is. Like, oh, big surprise. I mean, I feel like the wait for it like is like that now as well. Yep. Like nobody's really shocked at what we're doing anymore. But <laughs> just kind of was something fun to, to maybe try and get more people and just, you know. Yeah, it stuck. Always it did. Blood yeah. related. Like... Yeah, we tried to clean that up for the whole year. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah. So if you, if anybody wants to go follow you guys at Predator Solutions of Michigan, again, I appreciate you both taking your time to talk. And Kevin, man, I've never been so happy a flight was canceled. I feel bad for you, but dude, <laughs> I love just looking at my computer knowing you're right there. Thanks for having us, guys. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, everybody that's listened so far, thank you so much. Uh, make sure if you can leave us a rating and review. Uh, written is always best, and we still get very small amounts of written reviews so we're just going to keep on doing what we do hope you like what you're hearing thank you all so much and we will talk to you all next week on the overdrive outdoors podcast